Good morning. Happy to see you. It's Thursday, January the, let's see, January the 14th, 2021. I am ready, 21. I am ready to sing a God song. I am ready from head to toe, ready to raise a God song of victory to the Lord today. So welcome to Pastor Jennifer and the ICF Rome International Christian Fellowship Rome Thursday Connect coming to you live from the Bella Vida Resource Center here in the church. I can't wait till we can gather together online as well as in person. Uh, but today I hope tomorrow may be one of our last days. Maybe we'll get some of our time lifted up. Good morning, Barb. Happy. Thank you for joining me. So happy to see you online. It is a good morning. The sun is shining here in Rome and um, God is faithful. So just uh, type in the chat and let me know that you're there. Say good morning. Say hi. Tell us your name. Uh, as we are continuing our book study, Be Comforted, on the book of Isaiah. There you go. Be Comforted. Uh, the author is Warren Wearsby. It's really been an awesome. Hi, Shanta and Jenny Rose. Yeah, I'm glad you're with us, Jenny. Uh, it's been so good to study and to hear the words of Isaiah that talk about prophecies that were predicted in the Old Testament and fulfilled in the New Testament, knowing that there are end-time prophecies predicted that will be fulfilled in our uh, lives, and, and we will witness it as believers. And so as we are ready this morning, hi, Michelle. Hi, Eunicia and Boriana. I'm so happy to see all of you. God is faithful. And so this morning, as we gather around, let's just say, I don't know if you have your cup of tea. This is our week of prayer and fasting. And we had a powerful time of prayer last night. And I'm drinking my hot tea this morning. We're not having any cappuccino this week. And um, we're thanking the Lord for all that he is doing and speaking to us. You know, last night the Lord woke me up at about 3.45 in the morning, 3.30, and I was up for an hour praying for a specific associate pastor in America that I don't ever talk to. His name has crossed my mind, and I don't know when, but the Lord just spoke his first and last name to me. I woke up, I prayed, I interceded on his behalf, and then I sent him a message with some encouraging scriptures. And what was amazing is he's just written me back and said it was in the, he just woke up out of a dead sleep because we're on different time. And he said, I saw your message and I was so moved that God was touching on my behalf and now I'm praying for you. So let me tell you, prayer has a ripple effect. Prayer has a ripple effect. As we come together, our faith has a ripple effect. And so uh, we are continuing to just be excited about what God is doing in our book study. I am excited. I tell you what, I'm excited about today and I'm excited about next week because next week we're going to talk about Hezekiah. And I was reading through some of that today and just, wow, this, this book is so relevant for where our, our, our world is 
even right now. So get your tea. As you're joining me, do me a favor, because sometimes we go around the room, and I want you to say, what is your favorite, um, let's see, we can't, I don't want to use food because we're fasting. In the chat, I want you to type, what is your favorite free time activity? What is one of your favorite free time activities? You don't have to be spiritual, okay? What is one of your favorite free time activities? Anybody can guess what mine is? <laughs> I'll give you a minute. I'm watching the chat to see what your favorite free time activities are. My, one of my favorite free time activities is shopping. <laughs> I like to go and walk and I don't like to really exercise for nothing but I can walk. So I love to go walk the mall. I love to go walk the streets. Eunicia, you've been painting. Awesome. I got something you could paint here at the ICF Rome. Uh, reading. Yes. Baking. Awesome. Gardening and walking, yes. Playing with the grandkids, yes, absolutely. If my grandkids were here, I would be doing that. <laughs> yes, to shopping. Uh, one of my other favorite free time activities is actually I do like cleaning and organizing. So when I have a, a, a good amount of free time where I know I won't get distracted, I like to reorganize things. I used to love to rearrange furniture. Um, that's kind of how God does things. He rearranges us. But uh, I'm old now, and I can't move the furniture by myself like I used to. So I don't rearrange as much as I used to. But I do want to say, God, I allow you to rearrange me however you want. So let's just start with prayer and, and ask the Lord to speak to us through the book of Isaiah this morning. Father, I thank you for the privilege and the responsibility that we have as believers to join together and to grow in our knowledge of the word, to look at scripture in new ways, in new seasons. God, your word never changes, but it's relevant in new ways, in new seasons. We learn new things. We apply it in new ways. So Lord, I thank you, and I pray that you would give me your wisdom for all of us. Thank you for the book author who you've given wisdom and insight to about the book of Isaiah. And we give you this time of Bible study in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I am starting on uh, actually page 98 in our book. If you have your book, I just, all I want to hit on 98. To, we are in the chapter future shock <laughs> and current shock and future glory. These are the promises. I will say it again, but I've said it many times. One of the things that we have learned in our Thursday Connect over the last several years through numerous book studies is this seamless thread that God runs through scripture from Genesis to Revelation, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, where God has a plan and a love for man and creates and then man forgets to trust God like he should and messes it up. And then God comes back with a message of redemption and restoration and promise of future glory. And so in this chapter, when we think about future shock and future glory, the one thing I want you to see on page 98, he speaks of him as the king, 
Isaiah does. In verse 22, he speaks of him as our king. And then he speaks of him, uh, I'm sorry, he speaks of him as the a king, the king, and our king. And so what I want you to remember today is that this must be your personal relationship with our king, my king. He's not just a king of the church. He's not just a king over kings. He's my king. And um, there's a video that says, my king is this and my king is that. It's very powerful. But I'm thankful that he talks about it being our king. And so that's what I want you to look at. And then on page 99, down towards the bottom, it says, because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there will be peace and plenty because there will be righteousness in the land. And he gives several scriptures from Joel chapter 2, Zechariah chapter 12, and Ezekiel chapter 36, which we looked at last week. So I want to start with the promise of glory that through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we have a promise of peace and plenty because through the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to live like Christ. So there will be righteousness in our land. Now let's turn over to page 100 and we're starting with the topic, Jerusalem will be delivered. I wish so badly that we were sitting around the table because we take turns and different ones will read passages. And I love to hear different ones of you read because it, it says to me the one thing that's jumping out to you when your voice inflects and changes. But in chapter, in this point two on page 100, okay, it says this is the sixth and final woe in this section from chapter 28, 29, 30, 31. And um, Jerusalem will be delivered. Isaiah 33.2, Isaiah 33.2 is the prayer of the godly remnant when Jerusalem was surrounded by the Assyrian army. I want to be a part of the godly remnant. We may be surrounded by an army of enemies, but don't let yourself be found in the conversation of the enemies. I want to be a part of the godly remnant. Isaiah had promised God that God would give, be gracious to them if they would trust him in Isaiah chapter 30. And so a few devout people turned his promise into prayer. And God spared Jerusalem for David's sake and because a believing remnant trusted God and prayed. Never underestimate the power of a praying minority. When we've been praying this week and you jump on and join us online and many people have been writing us this week to say, I am praying with you. If you're just joining me, you might know that some people even wrote me in the night to say, I woke up and I'm praying for you. I want you to know that there is power in prayer. And that's what Isaiah was pointing out to us. In Isaiah 33, verse 2, it says, O Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning. That's what I'm asking God for you today, to be your strength every morning. Our salvation in time of distress. In verse 10, he says, Now will I arise, says the Lord. Now will I be exalted. Now will I be lifted up. And then it says in verse 22, 
for the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our God, our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, and it is he who will save us. Wow. I want you to think about that. It is he who will save us. You know, I've said many times, the book of Isaiah is full of prophecies and predictions and fulfillment. It's also full of warnings so that we don't miss out on the revelation of God's return, of Jesus' return, and celebrate that. But, you know, we would be wrong if we only told the good ending and we did not tell you what could happen, what could cause us to miss the good ending. Because God is a lawgiver. He is a just God. And so when we look at Isaiah 33, I want you to look at verse 15 and 16. It says that he who walks up righteously speaks what is right and rejects gain from extortion and keeps his hand from accepting bribes and stops his ears against plots of murder and shuts his eyes against contemplating evil. This is the man who will dwell on the heights, whose refuge will be the mountain fortress. His bread will be supplied and water will not fail him. If you jump down to verse 20, look Zion, the city of our festivals, this will be a peaceful abode, a tent that will not be moved. Amen. Hi, Mary. I want you to understand that this is what Isaiah is saying to us that there would be a day that would come when Judah would strip the dead Assyrian army, Sennacherib would be assassinated in the temple of the God he claimed he was stronger than Jehovah. The Lord was exalted in the defeat of Assyria for no human wisdom or power could have done what God did. We must remember, so important, I'm at the bottom of page 100. We must remember that nations and, indiv and individuals can have stability in uncertain times only when they trust God and seek his wisdom and glory. Nations and individuals can have stability in uncertain times only when they trust in our certain and sure God Almighty. So our nations may be unstable, our communities may be unstable, but we can have confidence that we can be stable in uncertain times when we trust God in his wisdom and his glory. And even though King Hezekiah did a foolish thing, and you can see that in 2 Kings, God forgave him and reminded him that the fear of the Lord is your treasure. That's Isaiah 33, 6. The Lord is exalted. He will be the sure foundation of your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Unbelief. Now remember, this writer wrote this book, published this book, in 1992. The writer of Isaiah wrote before the birth of Christ. How relevant is God's word today when we say and we see in our book that the writer says unbelief looks to human resources for help, but faith looks to God. Wow. I cannot look to human resources for help. My faith must look to God. Now, God may do it 
through human people like you and I. We are a part of the answer to prayers we pray. But I can't trust in human wisdom. I trust in God's supernatural, divine guidance. It says that except for God, now will I rise, saith the Lord. Now will I be exalted. Now will I lift up myself. Isaiah used several images to describe judgment on the Assyrians. Talked about them being pregnant with all sort of plans and that they would give birth to chaff and straw and their plans would amount to nothing. Let me tell you, God is long-suffering with his enemies, but when he decides to judge, he does a thorough job. I want us to look at Psalm 126. This is the account of the amazing deliverance of Jerusalem that was told far and wide, and the Gentile nations had to acknowledge the greatness of Jehovah, the God of the Jews. Some scholars believe that Psalm 126 grew out of this experience and may have been written by Hezekiah. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. We witness to a lost world when we trust him and let him have his way. I wanted to read Psalm 126 to you this morning. I got my big old Bible here. Some of you can see it. Psalm 126, this is that theme, that thread that runs through scripture. So what Isaiah is talking about in chapter 33, 34, 35, we can also see David writing about it in Psalm 128. It says, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your Lord, blessings, the fruit of your labor, blessings and prosperity will be yours. I know someone who's reaping the benefit of the fruit of their labor. We talked about that answer to prayer last night. They, they had some labor and some, some seeds sown 10 years ago, and God used that to answer prayers now. That's the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. This is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem and may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Now my Bible says the author of that particular chapter is anonymous and some would suggest that it is Hezekiah. So my devotional Bible also bears witness with what this this psalmist um, author is saying on this book, Be Comforted, Warren Wearsby. So as we look, we see that the miracle deliverance of Jerusalem not only brought glory to God among the Gentiles, but it also brought fear and conviction to the Jews. God does not deliver us so that we're free to return to our sins. Isaiah 33, 15 talks about the kind of person that God will, will accept. I read it already. By ourselves, we can't achieve these qualities of character. They can only come when we trust Jesus Christ and we grow in grace. Many religious people in Jerusalem had hearts far from God because their religion was a matter of external ceremony. 
Isaiah hoped that the miracle deliverance of the city would bring the people to a place of devotion, true devotion. It's only when we walk with the Lord that we have real safety and satisfaction. Nations may be unstable, but we can walk in the stability that God is in charge. And so when we look at this passage of scripture, I want you to understand and ask yourself as those who are joining me, have we become so religious in our ceremony that we are not able to trust in the Lord who is stable even in unstable times? Turn off the, the news. You know, it said this person will keep his hand from accepting bribes. Anything that somebody tries to do to bribe you to trust in them instead of in God. This person will stop their ears from hearing about the plots of murder. You have to stop your ears from hearing things that bring division, from hearing things that bring confusion, from hearing things that bring anxiousness and fear and fretfulness. Stop your ears from that. Shut your eyes against those contemplating evil. But this man that does these things will dwell in the heights and his refuge will be in the mountain fortress. His bread will be supplied and his water will not fail him. There will be a peaceful abode, it says in, in verse 20. So as we go on, I want you to see something that says that Jerusalem will be like a tent that will not be moved, pitched by a broad river that will never carry the vessels of invading armies. Of course, the river symbolizes the peace that the Lord gives to his people. Isaiah 48, verse uh, 18. 48, verse 18. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. If only you had paid attention to my commands. What is a command? I want you to, let's, let's interact for a minute. What is a command that the Lord gives us that sometimes we, as we try to be good Christians and to follow God, what is a command that maybe sometimes we didn't think of it as a command, but we don't do it? One thing that comes to my mind, because this says, if only you had paid attention, your peace would have been like a river. He says, trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. In those times when I have been weak or anxious or fearful or fretful or doubting of the strength of Christ in me, I have failed to trust and acknowledge that his ways are higher. I have leaned on my own understanding in the moment instead of listening to the command. If I had followed the command, it says in Isaiah 48, 18, if I had paid attention, my peace would be like a river. A river never stops flowing. My peace would be like a river. So what is a command that God has given you that sometimes you fail to do? Maybe it's love your enemies. Pastor Jen, don't get too harsh on us. Because you know what? When we start to hate on our enemies and we start to have bitterness against our enemies, the root of bitterness can cause something terrible to happen. And then we lose our peace. 
we we don't agree with our enemies we don't endorse our enemies of the faith but what you know um sometimes it's hard to forgive yes barb uh another thing is the bible says the love of money is the root of all evil so maybe sometimes we've gotten so caught up in money and needing money and what's going to happen to the stock market and are we going to have people don't have their jobs here in italy right now and and around the world and we start to look at where the money is going to come from in a natural way instead of trusting in the lord and leaning not to our own understanding and in all the ways that we're coming through we're acknowledging that he's going to direct our steps he's going to direct them on a daily basis and i want us to see that in isaiah he was warning us numerous times jerusalem was a ship that almost sank isaiah 33 um 23 says your rigging hangs loose the mast is not held secure the sail is not spread then an abundance of spoils is divided even the lane will carry off the plunder but the lord brought it through the storm the lord brought them through the storm i want you to turn over to psalm 107 yes thank you for that i forget the former things and make a way in the wilderness thank you shan yes boriana we trust in philippians 4. thank you for interacting there so good i want you to turn over to psalm 107 because in our book he says the lord brought them through the storm he brought jerusalem through a storm even though they were a ship that isaiah said almost sank and the weakest of the jews was able to take the spoils from the dead armies no wonder god's people can say he is the one who saves us all forms of government judicial legislative and executive can be centered in the messianic king if they choose to rely on god now there's a lot of things happening around our lands but i'll tell you there are some things happening that are a direct result of christians who have risen up to say we want our nation to be founded on jesus christ on christian principles on prayer on law and order and the enemy is pushing back on a lot of these things both sickness and sin the bible promises will be absent from the city and the messiah will be the redeemer and the savior and the nation will be forgiven in isaiah's day the jews were a sinful nation just as lost sinners are today see the bible when we read the bible it's not just about understanding biblical history it's a true book we know there are true things that if you need facts and proof i don't i trust the lord my god but as we read it there's also an application for us a relevant application for us every day here's what psalm 107 says powerful um especially in verse 27 23 through 32 they mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths in their peril their courage melted away they reeled and staggered like drunken men they were at their wits end they cried out to the lord in trouble and he brought them out of their distress 
He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. I'm in Psalm 107 at verse 33. He turned rivers into a desert and flowing springs into thirsty ground, fruitful land into salt waste because of the wickedness of the people who had lived there. But then he turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. And he brought the hungry to live and they found a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards and yielded a fruitful harvest. And he blessed them and their numbers greatly increased. Verse 43 of Psalm 107, 43 says, whoever is wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. Let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. You see in God's word, Isaiah is pointing out to us that in all of these ways, there was distress, people were in woe, they were saying, my soul is in distress, there's a storm raging around me, um, we feel betrayed. And then they say, Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength in the morning, Isaiah 33 says. So let's go on because now we have that future shock and future glory. There's always a promise of redemption. There's always a promise of hope. He said, you have, if you have never heeded the invitation of Isaiah 118, do so today. Your sins can be forgiven. Isaiah 118. Now, I just want to turn over to that real quick for anybody who might be watching. Isaiah 118. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. They are, though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, if you res but if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the, by the sword. God says, come. I want to wash your sins away. I want your heart to be pure like the white driven snow. God is faithful to do that. And there's that promise again. So now we're on page 103 and we're looking at the sinful world will be judged. Israel's ancient army, Edom, is singled out in chapter 34. But this divine judgment will come upon the whole world. Edom is only one example of God's judgment on the Gentile nations because of what they have done to the people of Israel. For the day, for the Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of retribution to uphold Zion's cause. In the day of the Lord, the Gentiles will be repaid for how they treated the Jews and exploited their lands. Zion's cause, listen, this is the author writing in 1999, remember? And we've heard so many arguments now because it's politically incorrect to say that someone might be chosen of God, that someone might have an anointing of God on their life, that there might be something in scripture that we're supposed to be doing that's not politically correct at the moment. Zion's cause may not get much support among the nations today. He wrote in 1999, I'm saying it in 2021, 
but God will come to their defense and make their cause succeed. And why is that? Because God wants to use this story to show us that there is a place of trust and devotion to the Lord. He's going to use the redemption of Israel to show the Jews that he is God, to show you and I that he is God. And this sinful world will be judged. We saw God judge in Noah's day, and we know that God judged on numerous occasions people that spoke against the prophets. God judges because he's a just God, because there is right and wrong. You can't just expect to enter into heaven and have their storm calmed and live like sin. There's these warnings about judgment throughout the book. So as Isaiah begins with this military picture of the armies on the earth in Isaiah 34, and also in heaven, because he says, all the stars of the heaven will be dissolved, all the skies will be rolled up like a scroll, okay? And the sword of the Lord will be bathed in blood, for the Lord has a sacrifice, for the Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of retribution to uphold Zion's cause. God will stretch out over Edom the measuring line of chaos and the plumb line of desolation. This is also a vivid description of the battle of Armageddon in Revelations chapter 19, verse 11 through 21. The humiliating defeat and destruction of the armies of the world that dare to attack the Son of God. The host of heaven will also be affected by a vast cosmic disturbance. And in our book on page 103, he lists several scriptures to verify what's said in the Old Testament is also said in the New Testament. What a day that will be. Now, I want to turn over to Revelations with you this morning. Uh, I have it right here. Revelations chapter 19, because this is a passage where I want us to understand as believers, as those who are on the fence that you need to believe, I want to make heaven my home. But if sin has entered into my life, my thinking, if I have listened, if I've opened my ears to wickedness, I must close my ears. If I've opened my eyes to see wickedness, I must close that because there is coming a day. We feel it in our world now. There is a battle between good and evil, between right and wrong. Let me tell you, there's not going to be a gray area in heaven where eh, you weren't so bad and you weren't so good and you can kind of just go over there in the gray area. There is a black and a white. There is a heaven and a hell. And the Bible is full of predictions and promises that are fulfilled. I'm going to be a part of the host of angels one day standing around the throne. I'm going to be in their midst saying glory, glory, glory to the king on high because I will not let my ears and my life be tainted by the world's unmistakable dependency on human power. God wants us to keep our dependency on God power. I want to say that again. Do not be dependent on human power. When we are dependent on God's supernatural power, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So here's what it says in Revelations chapter 19. In you, I, I want you to read it. I just want you to put, if you're typing in the chat for me, I want you to put Revelation chapter 19. Just type this, Revelation 19, read it. Okay, so people will go back 
and read Rev because that's what Bible study is. We study it. Revelation chapter 19. Listen to this from verse 11. There's a rider coming on the white horse. And he says, I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. We know this to be Jesus. With justice, he judges and makes a war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head with many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. Remember, Jesus shed his blood for us. And his name is the word of God. In John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So here in Revelation, we see in, in, John, in Revelation 19, 13, his name is the word of God. And you can parallel that with John chapter one. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe, on his thigh, he has his name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When you read the Bible out loud, you ought to get excited. These aren't my words. This is the promise of a future heaven that God is predicting for us. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in the air, come gather together for a great supper of God. Now listen, there is coming a last supper. I want you to turn over to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. You're going to read Revelations 19, but I want you to listen. Because Isaiah is saying, this is a vivid description of the battle. This, this rider is coming and there is a sword and it's dipped in blood. And there is something that we have to avoid. But then here's the promise of the future glory. What a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. I will look upon his face full of glory and grace. God has a promise for you today. There may be a future shock. In this year, there may be have been a future shock last year. The enemy is ramping up because God's people, the remnant, are praying. You hear me? The enemy may be ramping up, but God's people, the remnant of believers who want to live in righteousness, who will see this. In Revelations chapter 20, write down, read it. Revelation 20, read it. He talks about what's going to happen in those thousand years. In case you think the enemy is going to be victorious, like Isaiah was saying, listen, God's going to redeem Israel. God's going to redeem. Israel is a representation of the children of God. That's you and I. It's not just Israel. It's you and I. So here in Revelation 20, he says, I saw an angel coming down, having the key to the abyss, which is hell, holding in his hand a great chain. He sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. Now, after that time, here's more prophecies. This is why we as children of God have to be ready. He would be set free for a short time. I want you to read 
Revelations 20, it's powerful. But then it goes on in verse seven, when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released and he'll go out to deceive the nations, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. And they'll march across, but fire will come down from heaven and devour them. And the devil who who deceived his to deceive the people was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, and they are, will be tormented forever and ever and ever. Now here, but here's what I want you to see in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne. Didn't it say that over there? Yeah, I saw that great white horse, then I saw a great white throne. Revelation 20, 11. I saw him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and hell gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This is a promise that hell and the deception of the enemy and those who have been dead and buried in hell are going to face a second judgment and there's going to be a second death and, and it's going to be forever and ever and ever. Revelation 21. Read it. <laughs> so here's the, this is why I feel happy about that because I'm a believer. I don't feel scared about Revelation 20. I feel happy that my God, who is just and merciful, already has a plan in place to punish the enemy who has deceived, to cast into the lake of fire the enemies of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. God is going to get his justice. But there is also a promise in Revelation 21. Read it. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem coming down. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with them. He will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. Hallelujah. I mean, you got to read Revelation. It's powerful. So as we look at this passage of scripture, in Isaiah, and our book author on page 103 said, this is a description found in Isaiah 34, found in Revelation 19, the host of heaven, what a day that's going to be. But in Isaiah, the prophet moved from the battlefield to the temple. He saw the judgment as a great sacrifice that God offers. The practice was for the people to kill the sacrifice and offer them to God. But now it is God who offers the wicked as a sacrifice, and you can go on and read there. Now on page 104, it says, when God finishes his work, there will be some destruction. But the day of the Lord, 2 Peter 3.10, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Why is God waiting? Some of us are saying, God, I'm ready. Take me out now. I don't want to be a part of all this COVID and turmoil and chaos and division. But God is waiting because he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, 2 Peter 3, 9. 
How much longer will God wait? Nobody knows. But it behooves us to make sure that we are in right standing with Jesus. Now on page 104, the glorious kingdom will be established. Isaiah 35, 7 says there will be no parched ground because the land will become a garden of glory. There will be no parched ground because the land will become a garden of glory. Isaiah used the promise of the coming kingdom to strengthen those in his day who were weak and afraid. In the kingdom, there'll be no more blind, no more deaf, no more lame. All will be made whole to enjoy a glorious new world. We saw that in Isaiah 35, he speaks of the highway of holiness. And during the Assyrian invasion, the highways were not safe. But during the kingdom of age, it will be safe to travel. There'll be one special highway, the way of holiness. There were often special roads that only kings and priests could use. But when the Messiah reigns, all of his people are invited to use this highway of holiness. Isaiah pictures God's redeemed, ransomed, and rejoicing families going to the yearly feast to praise their Lord. Look, page 105 at the bottom says, the people were cooped up in Jerusalem, wondering what would happen next. Has anybody, raise your hand, has anybody felt cooped up? Locked up, locked down, quarantined, isolated, wondering what's going to happen next. But there was a faithful remnant trusting God's promises and praying for God's help. And God answered their prayers. If God kept his promises then, and we see that he kept his promises in the New Testament, I can assure you he is keeping his promises in 2021. We're ready to sing a God song of victory. The future is your friend when Jesus Christ is your savior. Wow, that is a powerful statement. The future is your friend when Jesus Christ is your savior. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. Child of God, the future is your friend when Jesus is your savior. The future is your friend when the word of God is your sword against the enemy. We don't raise our physical sword. We don't raise our physical voice. We shouldn't. We raise the word of God and he said, peace, be still. He calmed the storms. He didn't tear them apart. The future is your friend when Jesus is your savior. And the word of God is our weapon of warfare for victory in Jesus' name. We are thankful for what God is doing. I have one last thought um, to ask you about today. Where's my notes here for a minute? Question number eight and question number 10. In what ways is the kingdom of God both here and yet to come? In what ways is the kingdom of God both here and yet to come? How do you think the kingdom of God is now and later? How is that possible? We are the temple of the Lord, the Bible says. 
And so if God dwells in temples not made with hands, then we are part of the kingdom of God now that God is using to prepare his creation, people that he created who haven't yet accepted him, to prepare them for a coming day when there will be no sorrow, there will be no death, there will be no COVID-19, there will be no loss, there will be peace that passes understanding. We will have our ears and our eyes open to worship the glory of the Lord. We are a part of the kingdom of God now because we are the temple of the, of the Most High. He said, go into the assembly and give praises to God. I want to encourage you. We're having church here on campus. Maybe you're having church somewhere on campus near you. Don't just stay home. Don't live in fear. Gather into the assembly. The enemy is lying to us that we can't worship the Lord in peace. We can worship the Lord in peace. So I encourage you, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves. I asked you earlier, how do we avoid the commandments and block the flow of that peaceful river when we don't assemble together and we're all alone in our thoughts and our doubts and our despair? When we join together, thank you for joining together here, but also assemble on Sunday. Assemble in worship in a physical way because it does something to your soul. It lifts us in the name of Jesus. We are part of the kingdom of God now to prepare others for his part later. Amen. Thank you for your interaction on the chat. And, and question number 10 on page 107 says, how can we as Christians begin to anticipate and prepare for the future rather than simply reacting to it? How do we prepare for the future rather than simply react to it? Well, I'll tell you how. We began four years ago to go online. I remember five years ago when we had a guest in our church who said, man, I love what God is doing here. They came from Hawaii for a visit, a vacation, and they came to church. And that man asked me later, he said, what can I do to invest in this ministry? What do you need? And I said, you know what? We need a camera. We need a really good camera because we want to be online and we don't have a good camera to do that. And immediately that money was deposited into an account and we brought the camera that we're still using today. We need another one. So if you're watching, you want to help us buy a second camera so that we can have more um, atmosphere and more uh, uh, perspectives on what's happening in the body of Christ, that would be amazing. But I want you to know, we began to prepare. We didn't know that COVID was coming. We didn't know that we were going to only be online in 2020. Thank God for a camera that we could film and then post. Um, thank God for computers that people have paid for that we could use to be online, like even today. So I want you to know something. God says, don't just react to the future. Prepare for it. So here's a way that we are preparing for 2021. You know, another word for ready is preparati. I'm prepared, right? We are prepared. We are ready. Yo sono pronti. I'm ready now, but also I'm prepared now. I saw my friend Christine on there and Boriana. Type it in the chat. I am ready in Italian. Different ways that we might say I am ready. Because as we prepare for the future, here's some things. We're going to have a ladies launch to victory online, a Zoom where you can actually see each other and chat together. 
And so I want you to look at the website links for registration. You, don't, you can join us from anywhere in the world for the Ladies Launch Zoom party. We've got some tangible gift prizes to give those who are here in Rome and come and get their gift bags on the last Sunday of January. And for those who are going to join us online, we're going to send you some email things that you can download that are going to be our gifts to you. Okay? Yes. Sono pronto. Uh, so join the Ladies Launch Zoom. That's one way you can prepare for the future. Another thing that we are going to be doing, I'm so excited to announce that we have three brand new classes, two new teachers, and uh, but they're not new to teaching. They're just new to this curriculum. Uh, connect to Grow, Connect to Serve, and Connect to Lead. And these are going to be ways that you can develop your your knowledge of God, these are going to be ways for you to connect to the body of Christ here at ICF Rome so you have more friends in your circle to build you up. These are online. They're on Tuesday evening and Thursday evening. So even in America, they're not at the crack of dawn. You could join in. You're absolutely welcome. Connect to Grow is a prerequisite for the Connect to Lead class. But you can take Lead and Serve either one order, however it works best for your schedule, take all three. Very important for those who are involved in ministry, but it's more important about growing our mindset to serve in a world that's very self-centered, amen? And to lead in a world that's all about, I'm the leader versus whoever's great must be the least among them. And so you're gonna find some humor, you're gonna find some interaction. These classes are on Zoom also. And so you can interact with the teachers and they will be talking with you. These are ways that you can prepare for the future. You can get involved. You can stay connected. You can start writing one new friend every day a, a note of encouragement. This is how we prepare for the future. I'm in Bella Vida. See my sign? Where dreams can grow again. It's a beautiful life where dreams can grow again. So today, I want to thank you for joining. I want to encourage you to like this, share it to your page. It's that simple. And then someone else gets to share it. And they get to be a part of a Bible study that maybe they couldn't be a part of right now. And so maybe you got started and then you had to go back to work. You can watch it on your timetable. You can also watch it on the live stream channel where we have all our videos uploaded after the fact. Tonight, we will be online at 7 for 15 minutes during this week of prayer and fasting. I just want to say, this study has compelled me to stay in the Word. Instead of getting overwhelmed with the negativity of the news and the media and all the predictions of devastation, what can be expected in 2021? I hear people saying that don't love Jesus. I'm going to tell you what can be expected is what we read in that revelation, that there is coming a rider on a white horse and his name is the word of God. He was in the beginning and he is now and he will be forevermore. And there is coming a day when he's going to cast that enemy into the lake of fire and he's going to see justice once and for all, never to trouble God's people again. And no matter when God calls my name for eternity, and he's going to call your name for eternity. I want to be found in the remnant that was praying. I want to be found in the remnant that was trusting with faith. And I want to be found ready for 21. Not reactionary, but proactive saying, my faith will walk me through to victory. 
in Jesus name. I love each and every one of you. I go back and look at the chat. I pray for you. If you have a prayer request right now, we have five minutes. If there's something that we could pray for you about and you want to put that, you don't have to tell all the details. It could be your physical well-being. It could be uh, decisions you need to make. It could be work-related. You can make it simple. But if you have a prayer request, I want you to put that in the chat right there so that I can remember to pray for you. I am so thankful that I'm not alone. My sisterhood, my brotherhood, we've got pastors who come back and watch Thursday Connect later. God is faithful. Amen? Yes, faith will see us through to victory. We're praying for our faith to see us through to victory. We love you. Yes, Christine, we're praying for your daughter. We're asking for victory and miraculous intervention in Jesus' name. I'm actually praying for a daughter too. Thank you, Lord God, that you're going to take care of our children and our grandchildren. You're going to take care of our family members. Anybody else that has a prayer request, I will go back and pray over these things. Yes, Eunicea, we need to pray for your mom, that God will give her wisdom and direction in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God. You thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that you said where two or three agree is touching anything, it would be done. So, Lord, we lift our hands to each other. We're holding each other's hand. And I'm saying, I'm holding your hand, sister. And God's holding our hands together. And we are praying and believing for the victory that is coming. I'm so ready for the victory. I will dwell in a tent that will have peace, Isaiah said. I will dwell in the tent that will have peace. So, Lord, I pray for your peace to descend upon each of us today. I pray for renewed freshness in our spiritual focus as we spend this month and this week and these days in prayer and fasting. And God, that our faith would arise and our enemies would be scattered, but that we will use the word of the Lord as the weapon of our warfare. And the word of the Lord says to love, to love, love, love. Let faith, hope, and love abound. I'm holding your hand, Barb. Love you. Yes, Shanta. A lot of us are praying for our daughters. Amen. Okay. Amen. Shanta, we're going to be praying for your daughter who's a doctor, that God would put a hedge of protection around her as well. I love you. God is bigger. He's already, he's ready. He's already got the victory in motion. He got the victory in motion for one 10 years ago. He's put victory in motions for us on camera five years ago, and here we are online. He's got a victory in motion for you. We are holding hands and we are rejoicing in the Lord. I love you. I love you. Have a wonderful day.